Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, and greetings on this very auspicious period. Uh, the month is coming to an end, so I want to say uh, congratulations to all our very esteemed leaders who have taken on the mantle of leadership. Uh, 29th of May went down on record as a smooth transition from one administration to another. Welcome, the president. We welcome the entire uh, governors who have just been sworn in and also the deputies as they are assigned. This is a new and a fresh edition, if you may. Um, like they would always say in um, common parlance, this is almost like a terrible situation, but not so much of that, but more speaking within the ambits of the fact that there's a new sheriff in town. And we wish the sheriffs the best of time as they steward our people and our country in the right direction. This is the reason today I want to dedicate this particular edition and maybe the next to talking about a subject that is very critical that you and I are very enshrined with, but maybe not something we look at all the time. And it is the concept of stewardship. So permit me in this particular edition of the Business School on Radio to talk about stewardship and also create a balance between stewardship and purpose. I think the, the very place to start is to ask and to say that each and every one of us must give our best at all times because it is that best that makes life worth living. I know that this particular series will do one thing, will steer your heart and mind as you foster to make life worth living in several respects. Across the different points of this country are distinguished Nigerians in one capacity or the other. And I want to say that every single Nigerian you meet is an opportune investor in the project called the New Nigeria. And so we must all approach it, not looking at leadership as this being a leadership responsibility, but looking at it as a collective responsibility, which is why I would like to talk about the topic stewardship. What is a simple definition for stewardship? It is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Let me say this without any fear of doubt or shadow of doubt. Many times, people that are being led tend to have a feeling that it's the leaders who have the responsibility to make sure everything works. But they forget one thing, that without the people cooperating, doing their bit, sitting in the places they should sit, standing where they should stand, there is nothing the leader can do because you cannot lead people who are not willing to follow. If you take this within the ambits of 
looking at this definition a bit more, especially the definition of stewardship, you would find it traversed different points. One, you can find stewardship as the, an office, the duties and obligations of someone classified as a steward. You can also find it as the act and science of conducting, supervising or managing something. So you can you would then find out that every one of us, every one of us, in one form or the other, are saddled with the responsibility of stewardship. Everybody is looking up to the new president and his team to make wonders happen. Everybody's looking at the governors and their teams to make wonders happen. But they forget that they are the ones to actually steward the resources committed to their hands at a micro level, which will then enable a macro stewardship. When stewardship first appeared in English, it was during the Middle Ages. It functioned as a job description, denoting the office of a steward or manager of a large household. So if you are listening to me and you are a father, you are a mother, you are responsible for a particular office, you are a steward. So do not think that this act and science of thinking through a process and becoming a good steward is only the responsibility of leaders. No, it is a collective. Because over the centuries, its range of reference, that is the word stewardship, spread to the oversight of law courts, employee unions, and all other organizations. Now, the long-established management sense of stewardship has evolved into a positive meaning. It is basically about careful and responsible management. This sense is commonly found nowadays in such contexts as stewardship of the environment, the family business. It is also occasionally found as an adjective in phrases such as stewardship and fundraising and relationships, etc. So friends, I'm letting you see that the more we keep talking about the new government or the new administration at state or federal levels, we must understand that the men and women that have been saddled with the responsibility to steward the affairs of our country cannot go about it alone. They require absolute and total responsibility from each and every one of us. So as business owners, as employees, as employers, as politicians, professionals, parents, citizens, we must be feeling the pinch of societal pressure due to the decay wrought by a lack of well-defined values, which are further exacerbated by this day and age of reality called technology. Now, you can say technology has some very strong positives, but within those positives, it's also brought some negatives. It has impacted our sense and our values to the extent that people may not really see themselves as stewards, but they naturally believe that they need to be stewarded. Why is it possible for a man not to believe in stewardship, yet he wants to be stewarded? That's clearly not something you want to talk about. So in moving in this context, I would like to look at this 
balance between stewardship and purpose. And with the way I would like to take this is in such a way or manner that will not only bring uh, the sense of stewardship to the fore, but also establish the reason or the reason data why stewardship is critical. Now, you can take stewardship in any form. You are overlooking something, whether it's a property, whether it's a people, whether it's a rule, that is stewardship. That is the responsibility in it. So if I bring it to the smallest infinitesimal context, you will find stewardship really about one individual or a collective set of individuals utilizing and managing all the resources God has provided for his glory and the betterment of his creation. So whether it's something that you find in the ground, in the earth, in the seas, in the air, my responsibility and your responsibility is how we can utilize it and manage those resources for the betterment of every one of us. So the question that I'll ask is, who amongst us is wise and intelligent? Let him by his good conduct show his good deeds with the gentleness and humility of true wisdom. Whenever you find people sitting in a space of wisdom and saluting wisdom because it is the principal thing, gentleness and humility are the deeds that will follow good conduct. Whether we like it or not, if we do not, as a people, begin to get our values right, there is nothing anybody can do. We can move from here to the top of the mountains. We can go through all manner of shreds say all the things we desire to say, but I'll tell you, my distinguished listeners, that without a sense of stewardship, we are going nowhere. It is with this same background that I'm coming on this very special occasion. Today marks just a day after the inauguration ceremonies of all our leaders across the divide. And it's important that I use this opportunity not only to speak to them about the concept and understanding of their roles as stewards, but to you, the followers, who need to enable stewardship a lot more because it is your stewardship that will bring about a better stewardship by the leaders. It is not one way. It is something that is driven on a bilateral conduct. You would say, what do I mean by a bilateral conduct? Wikipedia will tell you that stewardship is an ethical value. And that's the strong piece in the entire equation. Why do you think, or why do you think they would classify value or stewardship as having that ethical value? It is because value denotes the degree of importance of something or action with the aim of determining which actions are best to do or what way is best to live, or to even describe the significance of different actions. Look at the way we behave. The minute an announcement is made on a policy decision, Nigerians go without any sense of even waiting to hear the whistle fully, they start acting. That is not ethical. That is just saying to you that you need to slow down 
because value systems are prospective and they are based on prescriptive beliefs. So if individuals are not disciplined, they cannot bring about disciplined conduct. Why? Because they affect the ethical behavior of the people. And this is the basis of the kind of activities you see that happen. The very bedrock of driving stewardship is in ethical values. Very often, primary values are strong and secondary values are suitable for changes. Nigeria is going through a change, a transformation. We are all expectant. But the unfortunate thing is that everybody is expectant and looking at some entity or looking at the space rather than looking up to God, we are looking up to human beings. And at the end of the day, when they fail us, we all begin to have mixed night remarks. But the first place is to ask, what are you as an individual putting on the table? Are you aware that your contribution to the ethical value structure is what is affecting your environment and the collective impact of everybody doing the wrong things is what is pulling a nation down because values are not seen as the drivers of stewardship. So what makes an action valuable may in turn depend on the ethical values of the object it increases or decreases. So anytime you find something with ethical value, it may be something that sits on a good. I know that I'm speaking in a way a manner some of you would understand. This is a business school and without stewardship, if you can't steward anything that is given to you, if you can't be responsible from the smallest to the largest to the minutest responsibility given to you, somebody says to you, please hold this particular item. I will come back to pick it up. That is stewardship. They've just handed something in your care. And then you lose that thing. What does that speak about your person? Because if you have a sense of value, you will understand that there are rights that are given to people. And these rights are meant for all. These rights are things that should drive excellence. And then they should bring admiration. Values tend to influence attitude and behavior. And these are the things that drive morality, ideology, and the rest of it. I'm going through this particular spin because we're looking at the subject of stewardship. And many times people don't understand that it is actually a collective item. It is not for one person. So everybody can be looking up to the president or the governor or the appointees as the ones that have been given the responsibility to rescue or to move Nigeria from point A to B. What about you in your own small cover? You have the responsibilities to steward the people, the resources, and all that have been given to you. You can apply the concept of stewardship to the environment and nature, to economics, to health, to places, to property, to information, to theology even to cultural resources. I mean, do you know that one area that we are failing by the day is people lack the understanding that they are stewards of information. 
pass a little information to somebody and say, target, this is meant to be confidential. I still wonder how documents that are meant to be confidential find their ways on social media. Letters that are written, private letters written, and find themselves on social media. Except somebody is sabotaging the process, then it means a lot of us do not understand the place of purpose, which is why I want to bring in the delicate but very important balance between stewardship and purpose. What can I call or define purpose as? It is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. I believe with all of my heart that the balance sits with the concept of enlightened self-interest. Now, you wonder, if you sit today and do not understand the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. Many do not understand the purpose of governance. Many do not understand the purpose of being governed. And so they would naturally throw away all that is meant to happen by way of stewardship. There are so many people today, even as we speak, that cannot be entrusted with a, a resource. Why? Because people do not see them as responsible. And how else can we engender a new level of truth, a new dimension of power that will let us as a people say to ourselves, this is what is happening. This is what is making Nigeria tick. This is what is making our communities tick. Or this is what is getting us to where we are. Friends, it's not rocket science, I must tell you. It is not something that anybody can take off. But it's something that must be part of us as a people. And so I'm coming into that space to say, it is in your own enlightened self-interest that you become a good steward. If you are not a good steward, the country cannot ultimately walk on the path all of us expect. Good stewardship is exactly what I did say to you. Good stewardship is a place where we all must stand and do the example that we expect to see. It is all about a sphere of responsibility. And it's really about the care, handling and management of resources. Now, I'm going to use a very poor example. And permit me to say so, please. Every time I look at most patrol vans, I'm talking about the Hilux vans of the police. I am always, you know, if you see some, you just look at it and say, the makers of these vehicles did not expect them to look so ugly and battered. When I see these things and I say to myself, how do these gentlemen and women and people, how do they handle these resources? You see a police van. Now, I'm not talking of the sleek ones. Some of those sleek ones, nice ones that are just given out, those ones look nice. When you look at an average patrol van, dented, battered, the lights are not functioning. It looks so rickety. So I ask myself, why is it that when you look at other arms of the forces, have you seen whether it's uh, an army or a naval or even customs or immigration, 
when you see the same kind of vehicles, the Hilux that they use, the patrol vans, why come those ones are clean and they, they are not as rickety as that of the police? The answer is very simple. It's stewardship. The people that are carrying, handling, and managing those resources do not see that this is a public good given to me, handed over to me to manage. Oh, because it's in the line of duty, we can knock anybody and we can knock it against the wall. The society and community need us, so they have to donate. Because they are donated, because you always see donated by so-so-and-so, because they are donated, there's a sense that people feel that they are entitled to always have and to batter it. No! That is just one piece. You walk into a public office, go to any ministry department, whether at the state level or even federal, you'll be shocked at what will happen. The furniture, if you trust yourself and sit on one of the chairs and think you're at home, you will land on the ground because the screws would have been removed and nobody will tell you. And by the time you sit on it, the next thing you are shouting, Ulala. And you look at the pieces of furniture across over time. Stewardship. Then you move from there and get into the hospitals, walk into any public hospital or even some private hospitals. You will find rickety chairs where people can't sit and even the handling of several things. Why? The man, the woman, the matron, the sister, the whoever responsible there is used to seeing those things in a bad condition. Fellow Nigerians, if we are going to change the trajectory, it is not in the hands of the leaders alone. It is our collective responsibility. It is our collective resolve to understand that the sphere or responsibility of a steward as in a manager or administrator is to care, handle, and manage resources. You go to a school, you go to a public school, you will ask yourself, how is it that they come here every day? There is a public school very close to where I stay. The fence, one portion of the fence fell off and it's been weeks. I tell you, that portion is now the main entrance. It used to be a no entrance. Now it's almost like a sub entrance. And you find students, rather than go around and get into the gate, they decide to make a shortcut. So in the morning, you find some teachers, they stand there, and they're standing there with their canes. But guess what? They are not rerouting them or putting a security man. They are allowing some people go rather than just telling them that is the proper way. But then ask yourself, why would the school administration not fix that fence? First of all, it's not safe. Secondly, it, it creates all manner of ill will within the community. This is a school situated within a community. It's the sense of stewardship. The next thing you'll ask is they say, oh, we are waiting on somebody somewhere to approve. And when they want to commission it, rather than giving that job to the man that will do it well, it turns into a little space where somebody would like to give a baba that may not even be a bricklayer or a mason, that may even be a carpenter. The contract will be given to a carpenter to come and build the walls. 
he will now call some other person or decide to do it himself. And in the process, rather than buy the number of bags of cement required, he will cut it into half and then pour a lot more sand and all because he wants to do what? Make profit. The lack of stewardship. Stewardship, stewardship. All embraced and engendered in the word purpose. You see that this nation can be great. It just takes a repositioning of our hearts, our minds, to understand that there are basic things that need to be done. I mean, I don't want to go into aspects of the inauguration at any point, but it is sad to see or read from the news that the stage will collapse. The stage being utilized for the inauguration ceremony of a state collapses. How could that happen? You know why that would happen? There is no supervision. There is no care. There is no need for handling and management of resources. As I watched each of the different states come through in the way they manage their own uh, handover ceremony, it was interesting. There was one that was particularly, you know, done with very much um, finesse, I must say. And that was the Oyo State uh, governor. If memory serves me right, of the ones I saw, it was the only one that had the mic stand and the mic positioned differently from the chief judge. And he read his address from that mic standing and at his height. Some others, you had somebody holding the mic for the person. Some others, you had the mic standing in a different another way, not talking about the... So it just tells you that there's just something about us doing things right. That people don't even understand the essence of excellence. You know why? Because they assume they know. Nobody is inspecting what they expect. At the end of the day, we all have one common expectation, and that is Nigeria must be great. How will Nigeria be great when Nigerians don't understand stewardship? We'll be back, friends, just taking a short break. And don't go away. When we come back, we'll continue on this subject of criticality titled stewardship. This is Navigate with ID. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends and uh, distinguished listeners to Navigate with ID. If you're just joining us, I bid you welcome. This is a fantastic day. Uh, just the day after we've just ushered in um, very fresh leadership to steer this nation at various levels. I, we congratulate them once again and we heartily wish them the very best. And that is one of the reasons why we have elected to make today's topic under the very distinguished word and concept of stewardship. And we've been talking about stewardship, and that's what we'll still stick on till the rest of the second half. Friends, for those of you that have just joined, I bid you welcome to. We've looked at stewardship from the standpoint of having a clear understanding of what needs to be done and what we are doing. Most times we all sit arms akimbo, expecting so much, but we forget that stewardship mandates that each of us must have a sense of care, a sense of management of resources that are committed to us. 
And it is very disheartening when you see things go down south. And I know that very willfully, a lot of us desire to have the best, but at times our hands could be deemed to be tied. But your hands can be tied if you speak and someone can help you untie them. That's a separate conversation for another day. This is a very trying time for everyone. And we practically live in uncertain and turbulent times. So the big question is, what do we need to survive? And for us to survive, there are critical elements and there are ways we can categorize people. We can categorize people and businesses into three facets. There are too many people in who we know in these levels. There are those in what I term the space of facet of survival. There are some in the facet of success, and there are some in the facet of significance. Now, the first level of people you find that survival. There are a lot of people that are moving today and just want to survive. One of the things that survival does is that there is this victim mentality. You are continuously seeing yourself as a victim, but you never realize that the resources that would change your life could just be around you. All it just takes is to do something differently. As little as attitude. Just attitude. I don't know how it is. I don't know how it works. But many people, rather than just, you know, switch to doing what is right, they tend to look down and then they begin to look at those they have. They look at them and say, this man, he doesn't he know that I'm poor? Many of us are poor. So why would this man come and drive past here and just look at, you know, ask us to leave the way? They start banging your car. That is a mindset. Another mindset of survival is when you ultimately check out and believe that you are downtrodden. There are many people that just believe that they are on the ground. But they don't realize that where they are, what could just lift them up is their sense of service, their sense of stewardship, that they are given something to do and they do it well. Then recognition comes from there. And from that recognition, there is growth. Many don't see it that way. Rather, they just find a place where they are complaining, they are murmuring, and they never move. It's a lack of understanding of purpose and stewardship. Take a second group who you can call or turn to be successful. These ones that are successful are probably doing something right, but they are so totally uh, engrossed in their success, quote-unquote, that they don't think about any other person. They only think of themselves because they are the ones that are making it happen. But they rely on other facets, on other people who are more or less the ones that make these things happen for them, but they do not see the need to manage such people. That in itself is stewardship because managing your brother or your sister or the people as a resource is a great example of stewardship. That is where you find humility. That is where you find leadership. That is where you find results orientation and visioning. Because if you are successful, you cannot do it alone. No man can ever be an island. It takes a group of people to support or a support structure to make them succeed.
there are some others who are in the stage of what they call significance. They are significant because they are very, very obvious as the movers and shakers. And so when you categorize people into these three sets, you find that many times those in the place of significance, for example, political leaders, all the governors that have been sworn in, the president, vice president, all their principal officers, the ministers that will come thereafter, they see themselves as very significant because at any occasion, they are the excellences. And excellencies don't even believe or understand that stewardship starts when they serve people. Service is the first rule that delivers greatness. Service is greatness. But when you don't have the mentality of a steward, you think that you are significant because of your title. How men forget. I mean, yesterday, I was watching as the former president, the title changed instantly. Ex-former came in. And even the vice president, ex-former, kicked in so quickly because there was a new sheriff in town. And in the significance of looking at the handover ceremony, it's just one that tells you about life. One man drives into a place recognized as the sheriff, the president, the man of the moment, and in one split second, he hands over the flag, the responsibility to another, and he leaves the venue. Why? You cannot have two captains on a ship. And from that place, he then leaves and goes back to wherever he chose to go to. And then the new sheriff takes place. But these things are time-bound. They are time-bound because man do not remember. When you stay in a place of significance and think you are Mr. Excellency, your Excellency, it is terminal. There will be a day that your deeds will be tried because after four years or eight years or whatever years you're given, that title will cease to exist because there will be a new sheriff in town. What is going to make that title remain in the hearts of people and wherever they are is stewardship. So stewardship comes at the point where people are in the space of survival. You are listening to me now. You think you are the poorest man on earth. And I'm saying to you, you are not. As long as you have everything complete, God has occasioned you to steward resources around you. Look within. Look at yourself closely. Stop being attitudinal. Stop giving people that attitude. Stop talking down and murmuring and complaining. And they give you an assignment and you don't do it well. Why would you be promoted? Why would you be seen? You are a victim of yourself, not anybody, not the system, but of yourself. You there, Mr. Success. Oh, yes, I'm a successful man. On whose shoulders are you standing? You are standing on the shoulders of giants, but you don't see them as giants because you see them as tools. You see them as chattels to be used so that they can always say, this man is a successful man. You don't pay them. You don't pay them their dues. They are your, yes, they are your staff. You say you are Mr. Entrepreneur or you are Mr. Family Man, you are not responsible to your children because you are seen, you want to remain Mr. Success. And finally, Mr. Significant. Mr. Significant is out there. Everybody knows when they come in, this is VVIP. 
or VIP. These are VIPs. You go anywhere. Everybody clears. On the road, you are asking them to get out of the way. You are the only one in a hurry because all of these characters lack one thing, a sense of stewardship. But if you see a man that is enveloped in stewardship, he will bring others up. In the process of bringing others up, growth will come in. Productivity will come in. And after that will be increased. And the nation made up of people will stand under the auspices of what I call ethical values. But it starts from somewhere. It starts with one man saying, I am ready to be a good steward. Friends, if our country is going to get to the point of abundance and sufficiency, you and I need to get to a place where we truly become stewards of our resources. We're not looking at any man or any woman. Where we start from ourselves, put ourselves in a place saying that there is some place we are looking for where there will be surplus living. And when the surplus living comes, it will make a whole difference. And what kind of difference will it make? It's a difference based on knowledge. And so, what do we need to do? Fellow Nigerians, we have come to a place, we are going through a redefinition, we are going through a change, we are going through a sense of a new beginning that is, quote-unquote, everybody just believes that there's a new kind of breeze in the air. The next couple of days will begin to define it. But the question is, where are you on this journey? Do you see yourself now as a steward? Do you see yourself as someone who will ensure that what is given to you to handle, to care for, or to manage will be well done? You're working for someone. Can you be trusted or given something to bring about another or you will sabotage it? If you cannot sit in that space, then you are a bad steward. Distinguished listeners, these are the things I believe we need to do. Number one, we need as a collective, as a people, to redefine our playing field. What do I mean by this? We need to stop fighting aggressive battles where we are. We need this to stop this battle of tribal, ethnic, and what have you. We need to. The playing field has to become one a place of unity. Just look at our pledge. Our pledge is loaded. Look at our anthem. Loaded. The wordings are loaded. Whichever, the old and the new anthem, loaded. Look at our pledge. It's a playing field that we need to look at very closely. And we should stop fighting aggressive battles where we are. We should think growth and growth. That means we should look at the ecosystems where connected interests and relationships among multiple stakeholders will create more opportunities. Let purpose be our guide. When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. We need a new Nigeria that is sitting within a redefined playing field. And it, every one of us is thinking about growth, growth. Number two, we all need to reshape our value proposition. Remember, we're coming on that journey on this program where we've talked about it as a unique selling proposition. We talked about positioning, all of those marketing concepts to help our businesses and even our lives to be repositioned 
But for us to be able to sit and enjoy the benefits of stewardship, we need to reshape our, our value proposition. So to you and to myself, I'm saying, when you find yourself confronted with eroding margins in a commodifying world, what is this eroding values and the things in your head? You will just find out that it, you cannot allow people to easily size you and say, just give a hundred naira, just give me a pot of stew or just give me a bag of rice. Is that what you are worth? A man just sees you and gives you 1,000 naira and says, allow me to shunt. Allow me to go in here. And then you that you put at that place, they said, Oga, make sure everybody that comes in here comes in with the identity card. There's a reason for them to say, we need people with the identity card. But a man comes and gives you 1,000 naira. He does not carry the card. You allow him to come. It means your value, your totality is 1,000 naira. Or they give you a pot of rice. One uh, Yafisi, they bring it to you. The aroma from the rice will make you look the other way and say, yeah, enter. That means that we are confronted with commoditizing ourselves. Companies that have products that are commodities, the only thing that gives them value is what? Price. It's price. Reduce your price. Reduce your price. If you increase the price more, people will say, I'm not buying. Because they are commoditized. We must reshape our value proposition as citizens. Many of us are stuck in our ways as individuals with mental models that are unproductive, yet we want growth. Growth cannot come if we are not stewards. It can't happen to your business or even where you work. If you don't have a growth mindset, if you are looking to pull down, to drag everybody down, then nobody's going to be up. So what do you need to do? You need to be vigilant. You need to look out for trends. You need to study the numbers. You need to make, you know, measurement your watchword. You need to research. You need to build trust. When you build trust amongst yourself and among people, it inspires. It drives relationships. It brings about positive change. Stewardship is going to make us work on so many pain points. You know why? Those pain points become our focus points and will take them away. All you need to do is look for a place that is a pain point in the system. Just look at what happened. Um, you know, Epis, I'll use Epis as an example. Just look at what happened when in a certain part of the world, Nigerians were stranded. The chairman of Epis came out and said, folks, just give us a clear path. We'll send in the planes to bring in Nigerians. Boy, stewardship. That man has nothing to do with a government. But he has decided to bring his A-game to the table because he's a great steward. He's a steward of people. He understands. And it's an enlightened self-interest. Because that is a pain point and it will turn around to remain a practical PR point for his business for life. There is no way that all the hundreds of people that have been rescued by EPs from that foreign country, war-torn country, Whenever they sit down, they owe their lives to one man, Alan Oyama of Air Peace, who has been able to bring them back home. Fellow countrymen and women, as we enjoy the times of fresh installations of leadership at the federal, at the state level, it is important that we install a new set of applications in ourselves. 
and we need to upgrade our own mental operations in order to make our communities and indeed our country, Nigeria, a great place to live. The ease of doing business is not only about government creating the atmosphere, the environment. It's also about the mindset of the people that we must first and foremost see ourselves as stewards and then bring in the art and science of stewardship to bear so that we can build this just and egalitarian society that you and I desire. Anything short of it will be not a walk in the park, but in the dungeon, in the dark. That's not what we are looking for. We're looking for people who are prepared, who are ready to say, we want a change. We want to do things differently. We are not interested in what used to happen before, but we are interested in what is going to happen now. I believe strongly in the new Nigeria product. I believe strongly that it is doable. That's why over the years we've consistently put that which we have on the table. This business school is meant to shape hearts and minds, be able to let people see it, and that's the essence of corporate shepherds. That's why we exist. This is the why. And yours truly, I have the rare privilege to be able to lead this park and to be able to say it is possible. I believe that this nation will rise and this nation will be great again in my lifetime. And that's why we have to do what we are doing. It's on this note, I want to thank as many of you who joined the maiden edition of the Ask ID series. It happened on the 27th of May at 9 p.m. It was awesome. I know that uh, many may not have had the opportunity, but there will be another opportunity come June because it's going to be a monthly affair. Last Saturday of every month, we'll have the Ask ID series. You may wonder, what is that all about? We are having an opportunity where we can share and learn, ask questions that have to border on our businesses and our careers. And we then trust God to be able to lead us, you know, to provide on-time solutions. And clearly, the next one will hold on the 24th of June, 2023. So make it a date. Put it down in your diary at 9 p.m. We'll make it happen. And finally, I want to thank you all for your very wonderful prayers and wishes on my birthday uh, on the 27th of May. Thank you so much. I can't stop loving you guys. It has taken me more than 72 hours to make you know, be able to reply almost every person to the best of my ability. And please, I beg you by the message of God, if for some reason I do not respond to your message, please don't take offense, do not feel bad. I'm just asking that you understand that for some reason, one may have missed it, but my heart goes out to every one of you for the warm wishes and the prayers. And I look forward to us growing together, growing where it matters, and growing in a way and manner that this country of ours will become so great that we will all sit back and everyone will wonder what exactly happened to Nigeria. It is because we have a new name. It's a fresh DNA. Nigerians will now be seen as stewards because that's who we are. We are caregivers. We are the ones that bring out light in the tunnel. We are the people that step into a situation and they know there's illumination. We are the set of people where energy and drive will always come where innovation happens, and we have it all. But one thing can stop us, the lack of us having understanding. Purpose is what we need, and purpose will derive 
from being good citizens and being faithful stewards because we can have only one nation at one time. I know others have other passports. I have one. Because this is the only place I can call my own. This is my country. This is my place of birth. So thank you so much, friends. Look forward to having a, a glorious time on Thursday as we continue with our business school on radio. As I can't stop loving you guys. Thank you and God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.